Chinese name rebellion! Stop being such fucking snobs, says the economist at the Brewers Association. What's the best brewery by a baseball stadium? This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, and it, it is apparently uh, bring your daughter to uh, uh, your podcast day because uh, 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 we are now infecting the uh, next generation. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Uh, hi, Tyler. And uh, Young Parker is joining us. Yep. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear her squawks at some point in time. Uh, uh, if there was any doubt that uh, 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 Father of the Year um, uh, uh, right here. Your daughter's going to hear a lot of the F word today. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, she's watched a football game with me, so she's heard most of those words already. <laughs> uh, how are you doing today? Uh, you got, you brought, you, you, you actually got a, a new set of uh, headphones uh, so that hopefully you won't randomly cut out in the middle of this podcast anymore. Yeah, hopefully this, uh, you know, I, I'm moving on up uh, and hopefully this, uh, helps your editing go more smoothly well uh, i mean that, that that remains to be seen at any uh, uh at any given time but uh um as i've almost just uh, uh demonstrated by nearly knocking my mic over um <laughs> besides how was your trip uh you were off somewhere again uh was up in post falls for a week so that was pretty good and then i flew back into town and my wife and daughter basically as i was flying in were driving to montana so uh had a nice little weekend to myself and was born bored out of my mind uh but i realized i married the best wife ever because she purposely bought a beer for me while out of town so i could have on the podcast and and that beer is uh the kettle house no blind white stout. So, uh, six point two percent white stout. So you you get that real nice coffee flavor coming through, but a uh, nice light in color. Um, I, Kettle House. I've, I'm I we get I probably get about one request a month for their products, specifically their Scotch Ale. It's their Scotch Ale. Uh, cold smoke. Yeah. Is is. Uh, it, there, th- that generates quite a lot of, uh, uh, quite a lot of, uh, uh, excitement as even Parker is like, yeah, that's, that one's a good one. Yeah. I think that one's overrated as all get out. <laughs> is it really? I've not had it. I mean, it's, it's a decent scotch ale. Like there's nothing about it that I was upset by, but there's, I'm like, it's, it's a scotch ale. It's. I think they make better beers. I mean, the Snowblind is a better beer. But um, also, the White Stouts or the Golden Stouts or Coffee Cream Ales or whatever you're going to call it, I feel are uh, such an underserved style. See, I don't. The, for me, that style is it's it's good. They're 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 fine. But I just never know where to. It's not like there's a lot of places to explore with that style. I mean, you, you use coffee and chocolate, some combination of that with light malt to make it taste a bit like a stout. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. I I feel it usually has a slightly crisper finish in, than just your typical stouts, but it, it hits a flavor I want with a color I enjoy. Fair so. enough. 
Um, I picked up uh, Freem's Sparkling IPA, mostly out of uh, curiosity about the uh, about the uh, uh, about what sparkling meant. Uh, yeah, just... I saw that one uh, today for the first time. I feel. It says, uh, 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 here's a beer that's as crisp as it is inviting with aromas of sugar-covered strawberries, pineapple, and mango, notes of kiwi, white grape, honeydew, and guava. Uh, Frame Sparkling IPA refreshes with a new kind of delight. Um, I, I'm not sure if there's a so new... So is it trying to be like a sparkling, like a New Zealand sparkling ale, or...? It's an IPA. I mean, on the aroma, there's a very, like, a uh, very fruity slightly white wine uh tropical fruit um aroma does it use nelson sovin i don't it doesn't it doesn't list the uh the hops i don't think so i don't i don't detect anything that's especially nelson um it tastes a bit like a like you know with a uh it's got those tropical fruit notes it's got the pineapple it's got the mango uh it's got like the stone fruit apricot peach i'm not sure i get strawberry on there uh with a with a moderate amount of bitterness super dry finish i'm not sure if they were and what with the uh with the aroma i'm not sure if like this is their uh attempt at a brute ipa or if it's like a yeah or a like a, a a cold ipa um because there is like a crisp dryness to it, but I can't really place if that's a wine yeast dryness or if that's a, a lager yeast dryness. I my instinct it's that it's a lager yeast dry, dryness, but I mean it is kind of as advertised. It's a like very very a uh, very uh, uh, hop flavored, uh, fin- but it finishes dry and kind of crisp. But it's a nice one. Nice. I was gonna say I feel like. So much of like the cold IPA and the brewed IPA, like cold IPA is what brewed IPA should have been. So yeah, I could see that kind of running those similar lines. And, so. and uh, uh, our, uh, uh, our top story was something I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, <laughs> that something that unfolded while you were gone. Um, <laughs> oh, I was in town for this. Oh, were you? Okay. Uh, um, I want... So it it all started to kind of happen a few days before St. Patty's Day. Okay, well then I'll be interested because I I I I've been kind of collecting stories from my salespeople and some from delivery drivers. Um, I this this is going to be this is going to be as as close as we come to like an it's all beer exclusive story, right? Um, except for without any uh, journalistic integrity, I should have. It would have been nicer to actually like, like, uh, see if anybody would go on record. I like, I had this plan like, in, in like, oh, I should like, like, call some people, like, see if people would go on record, and like, actually make a story out of it. I didn't do any of that shit because it turns out <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, work has to involve, and then. <laughs> this is, and then with our luck, the statesman or someone would quote us, and then it would all just go to shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, and the, and I, I the, and I did find a story on this. Um, uh, they did uh, KTVB interviewed Ted Challenger, owner of like half the bars uh, in downtown Boise, um, including uh, three of them. <laughs> More than that, I think the I think the they, they listened to. It, oh, him as four. the owner of like Sorry, four I or five. About karma. Yeah. Four. Um, 
but uh, he they made it sound like uh, so uh, in, in this article for uh, from KTVB. Um, uh, Ted Tallinger describes uh, the, the fact that uh, he, along with a lot of other, uh, the other bar owners of downtown, are uh, have had enough uh, with this uh, unfair, unfair, I say, um, targeting of them by the legislature uh, of, of, of Boise. Um, it comes down to a proposed legislation that I think is set to go through the Senate soon, but has not been voted on by the Senate, so has not yet passed. But it involves no. liquor licenses. And, and the uh, and at issue is um, there is a, a strange secondary uh, market for liquor licenses in the state of Idaho. Well, I, I feel for the listeners we may have that aren't in the state, uh, do you want to give a quick rundown of what happens or how the liquor system is determined in the state of Idaho? As, or would you like me to? You know what? Why don't you give it a shot? Uh, because I'm, So every city in the state of Idaho is awarded two liquor licenses as soon as it is founded. And then they get an additional one for every 1,500 people that live within the city limits. Um, and so if say boys it's basically done every time they do the census they see oh how many more liquor licenses do we need to award to that city uh so if you have a place that is blowing and blowing up in population uh it may take a few years to get more liquor licenses even though you have the population I didn't know it was tied to the census. We were talking about the national census they do every 10 years. So they effectively do not uh, issue – they issue new uh, liquor licenses about once every 10 years. Is uh, that right? Or if you have a place closed down or uh, get shut down and have their liquor license revoked, uh, it then opens back up. But it is a lottery system. And I may be wrong on the – it's tied to the census, but – at in certain intervals, they check the population, and after every 1,500, a new one is came back. So your basically choice is you wait on a waiting list until uh, a new one becomes available due to uh, the recount in population or the basically someone screwing up and losing their license, or you go to a different city, or you go to the secondary black market that has basically been created where someone will either lease you their liquor license that they've seasoned. Cause when you purchase a liquor license from the state of Idaho for the grand or whatever it is to get that the $350 or grand or whatever it is to get that from the state. Uh, you then, once you've, ran a business with it for like a year or 18 months, you can then lease it out because you have seasoned it or you can sell it to someone else to use in their business. When you say lease it out, I mean, you can you use that liquor license for more than one establishment or what is that? So it's, you can lease it to one establishment. So you would close your business gotcha, and lease it to another business. And there are some people leasing their liquor license in Boise for about like five grand a month. Good. Well, and, and, and I understand that. I mean, and by the way, if you want to set up a bar and, and no shit really don't, 
don't have the wherewithal, the time, or anything else to wait, um, that secondary market, black market is, I think it's the wrong word because this is legal at the moment. This yes. is legal. Um, but liquor licenses have been going for as high as half a million dollars. Is that right? Yep. Uh, I mean, most of the time right now, if you want a liquor license on the secondary market, you're looking between two and 300,000. If you're in a pinch and need it now, yeah, you're going to be approaching up to a half mil. And so it's a lot of bar owners who have bought this that don't want to lose that because this is their quote unquote retirement plan. When they're ready to get out of the industry, they sell the liquor license to someone and they're done. And what and 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 so this legislation, I mean, and and, and I'm a little bit and I'm a I, I, uh, I, I read through it. There's I still have some questions or I, I read some of it because uh, reading again, I could like sit down, like look through this, like really parse through the legislation and try to figure out what that means. But um, but I like myself and I don't want to do that to myself. <laughs> So I, I read it over in my in my very very uh, unqualified um, uh, uh, summary is is this. It sounds like so uh, so effectively what's going to do is eliminate the secondary market. Um, uh, if you if you yes, have a liquor, the state got tired of not making any money off the secondary market. If you have a liquor license, maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, it, if you have a liquor license, what this law would do is if you decide that you want to get out, um, the, the, li- the license you have would effectively just go back to the state. Um, do you know if you get like... Uh, so, current liquor license holders well, that, before... I'll, I'm getting, uh, I'll get to that one, but I mean, effectively, I mean, there's if you have one now, it's a different story, but the, the idea is that in, that in time, um, if you have a liquor license... Um, and then you decide to close down your bar, it goes back to the state. Does that, is that's correct, right? Uh, no, uh, there is. So currently, let's say you own a bar with a liquor license and you decide, you know what, I'm done before. So this whole bill would take place like July 25th or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, after July 25th or whenever in July this would take place, if you decide, say, August 1st, you're like, you know what? I'm done dealing with a bar. I'm going to sell my liquor license that I bought from someone who bought from someone who bought from someone. You get one more sale on that liquor That's license. That's right. So whoever you sell it to, once they buy it, they can't turn around and sell it. Correct. Okay, that, that that's the the people who have a liquor license now kind of get grandfathered in. You can sell it one more time, and then after that, Correct. the next person. Now, I mean, what I'm a little bit fuzzy on is is when it goes back to the state. Does this does the state? Uh, so the state then. So basically, if that person say I sell I sell my liquor license to you on mm-hmm. August first, you run your business for six months and go belly up. Yep. That even if you had someone walk up to you and go, I will give you a half million dollars for your liquor license, you'd say, Well, sorry, I can't. Can't sell it. It automatically reverts back to the state 
Whereas under the current system, you can go, perfect. Here, here's my license. You, I'll take your money, and we're done. Um, but now it goes back to the state, and then whoever's next in line gets that for the price you have to pay the state for a liquor license. And then that, but that, after that, that person can't sell it again. Once, once that third person, that person can sell it one more time. So you can sell a liquor license. So, I, so I, what I, the way I kind of understood it is that, uh, again, from my, in a, uh, um, uh, um, unskilled reading of the bill was, um, the, the selling it once was just for current liquor license that were out. Um, once the, the idea I was, would have to, I would have to double check. Cause my understanding was when it's issued from the state, they can sell it one more time, okay, but I, you can't sell it. My, my, my understanding was, um, that the people who have a license can sell it once, but after that, if you get yours from the state and then you run a business and then it, you decide to get out or it goes under, it goes back to the state again. Because the, okay. the the idea would be to eliminate a secondary market altogether, um, and okay. and it's and it's and the the selling at one time here is more more to let those who already have one kind of get grandfathered in and recoup some of the costs, recognizing that they probably bought theirs on the secondary market, and yep. and being able to recoup some of the costs. Uh, uh, for that, but probably not all the costs as, again, um, as you kind of speci- as you kind of mentioned, if I, if, if I, if I want to start a bar, uh, in at, on August 1st and happen to have a half a million dollars to buy a license, buy that license, I run a sh- bar shittily, it goes under that half a million I paid is now, Gone, gone forever. It's in the pocket of Ted Challenger. He's on an island somewhere in in. <laughs> and part of the reason him and other bar owners are upset is basically if this bill goes through, you now just lost half the people willing to actually cut that check. And so now, if I'm looking at opening a bar and I have no experience, I'm not going to drop a half million dollars or two hundred thousand dollars on a license that I can't turn around and resell. So basically they'll go, yeah, I'll give you 50 grand for that. And so it just undercuts the value of their liquor license. And basically the only people that would be because you get one sale, the only people willing to pay the price that a lot of these legacy bar owners would want would be corporate chains trying to come into town that need liquor. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, uh, but that would only, I mean, that'd only be a benefit to them this one time, I think. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I have to dig a little bit more into that, but, um, but, uh, 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 that's, uh, that's kind of a rundown of, and, and by the way, it should also be said that, um, that, uh, uh, a supporter, uh, uh, among the supporters of this bill is, the owners of the beer and wine distributors in town. Um, and in fact, mm-hmm. the owner of one in particular is one of the major sponsors for it. Um, which thus, what, which thus precipitated, uh, this, what could only be described as a, as an ill thought out hissy fit. <laughs> um, 
t- uh, I don't know how to. I don't know if I want to begin with uh, uh, how I, I I heard about how. All right, here's what I. Uh, uh, here's how it uh, entered my lexicon. A few of my salespeople came in on St. Patty's Day, or uh, 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 saying that they were having they were having a terrible day because the day before, all the bars downtown, as one, refused all beer and wine deliveries. Not every bar downtown. The big, but the, most of, but most the, of them. Your Challenger Kovac. I don't know if the Dave Crick bars did. Hey, Dave I'm Crick assuming, did. I uh, I heard it from a couple sources that Dave Crick did as well. Which he's been a vocal proponent against this bill, so I figured he would, but I wasn't sure. But so so they so, so they um uh on that. Um, I guess that would have been a Thursday when this happened. Yeah. On Thursday, they said, you know, when I think that, that was the day that this passed uh, through um, the the house. They said, "This is bullshit. We're going to teach these uh, distributors a lesson." And I guess, and 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 in my mind, this sounds like a drunken group chat because it sounds like they all said, "Oh fuck, fuck them. We're going to teach them a lesson. We're just going to refuse their orders on Thursday." And on Thursday, they all refused their orders. And then on then on Friday morning at about 3 a.m., um, they realized that today was St. Patty's Day. And they had just refused their beer order <laughs> on St. Patty's Day. So then all of this is not covered in the KTVB, but I have it on good I, 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 from several salespeople who are who are having to deal with this. Um, all said that all at once they said, oh shit, no, actually we do want those beer deliveries. <laughs> oh. So I have to kind of tread lightly. Okay. That's here. fair. Uh, that's, that's for, you do work for a brewery and so <laughs> yes. I do not have to tread I, lightly. I can spew my mouth off, but go ahead. I mean. Anyone who listens to this podcast could probably figure out pretty easily who I work for. Um, I So I started hearing this on that Thursday, which was also the first day of March Madness. So any place that does sports. Also, that was downtown a part of this refusal, then had to refuse beer to stock up for a weekend of college basketball and St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> Not the greatest timing, or the best timing, but we'll get into that later. So, I was like, you know what? Let's figure out if this is actually happening. Let's go. I knew one of the bars. I have a pretty good relationship with the bar manager. Showed up to that bar, because I had a beer on tap, and I was like, talking to one of my coworkers. I was like, let's go drink a couple of these, watch some of the March Madness games, and let, let's feel this out. And I sit down and he goes, yeah. Uh, did you hear about this? And I was like, I, I've heard some rumblings. What, what's going on? He goes, got a text from the owner who's lives, who's down in Mexico right now. Told me <laughs> to refuse all my, there's another thing. In fact, refuse of this. all my beer orders, um, because of this bill, he goes, this fucking sucks because it's St. Patty's Day weekend. We have a partial keg of Guinness. Um, he goes, and at the end of the day, he goes, if we don't have Irish car bombs on St. Patty's Day, 
guess what? They'll go somewhere else. He goes, I get why they're trying to protect the value of their liquor license. No problem with that. He goes, I get why the distributors want more people to have liquor licenses because more liquor sold means more beer is probably going to get sold, which means they make more money. Also, one thing I never got with this whole thing, it's the state trying to pass this bill so they get a cut and basically eliminate the secondary market. Well, the state runs all the liquor that goes through this. So when Ted Challenger said in that article, I'm going to try to convert everyone to liquor, I was like, so you're going to fund the state and further <laughs> prove that they need more control over this. Well, which was, I mean, which is what, well, so I I think it was directed at a couple of people, you know, a couple of the higher ups in beer distribution because they... The, and the one I think I know he was directing you at also is one of the largest liquor brokers in the fucking state. It's that guy, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, also owns a coffee company. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm like... You taking the beer and not and refusing it, and then turning around and just buying more liquor, still puts the same money in his fucking pocket. Well, I mean, I th- listen. No part of this was well thought out. Okay, <laughs> I don't think anybody. <laughs> the crit- crit- critiques I've heard across the board, not one was. You know what? It was a really well thought out, well put together protest, and I understand what they're saying. Um, what it, mm-hmm. because because when you hit it at a couple of a couple of things. Number one, it's tar- you know targeting the the, the beer distributors. Um, the, I mean, their response was like uh, they, they, across the board. Or at least um, from uh, 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 I understand, and, and I'm and um, I understand uh, Hayden. Uh, 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 I believe Craig Stein. Um, don't know about Stein, but I, I could probably get enough. Stein update. got refused. Well, no, I mean not, but but they all got refused. But um, but um, I believe it was Hayden, Craig Stein, Idaho Wine Merchant. Um, when they got like last minute texts saying, Oh shit. Oh shit. No, actually bring that beer down. Their response was no. Go pick it at will call. Yes. We will sell you the beer. Stein, we... had, the same... Stein had the same response. Okay. I, I figured Stein would, but I was, yeah. I don't think I checked, um, with, uh, uh all with... the owners of those distributors are all members up at one of the country clubs. They all meet up. I was going to say, they're all going to take the... the same approach. Let's all right. Let's also let's let's be real about what this is. This is about big greedy bastard versus big greedy bastard. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when I was talking to the bar manager, um, he's like, "You know the fucking shitty thing, Tyler." He goes, "The only people who are gonna get fucked are the sales reps and the bartenders." He's like. Because when they decide to get over this and say, oh, no, pull it in, I, I'm i going to have to run around trying to pick up all this shit, or we're going to be trying to fucking get this shit in so we can don't lose sales. He goes, or we're going to lose sales, and that's coming out of my pocket for tips. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I knew a beer rep who had an event at that bar that night for the kickoff of March Madness and her kegs got refused. Not good. 
But yeah, I mean this, and and you the other thing you hinted at is like a lot of the this came down from the owners, who it sounds like they had all fucked off. They were all somewhere else. Again, it sounds like a drunk drunken group chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they they weren't on the ground. Um, uh, and th- they said, "Oh, this will teach them a lesson." Of course, it didn't. Um, all it did was. You know, and and the and the article came out after the fact that the and and listen, I worked I, I worked in television news. I understand why KTVB did the story they weighed they did because they're owned by Sinclair. Uh, uh, they don't have time to actually do this story. They have just enough time for Ted Challenger to call up and say, "I got a story for you," and send a crew down, talk to Ted Challenger, get some video of his bar, run back to the station, and try to churn out a story. Um, uh, so, I mean, television news fucking blows. Um, so I, I, I don't blame the, the, uh, KTVB so much as, you know, the system. Uh, but uh, they, it, it was adorable how he tried to make it into like, yes, we are taking a stand for this. Uh, yeah. And it, and nothing really happened from it. Not even, a, I mean, uh, the thing that. The thing is, my problem, they've tried making different ways to make it easy, to to revamp this, but rightfully so, the bar owners who have a liquor license, because a lot of them had to pay an extraordinary price to get it, or waited on that list for years and years and years, I think the average wait's about seven years on the list to get a liquor license. Well, now, um, I mean, uh, uh, now on that, so now, I get you want to protect it and you don't want to reform it and waste your investment. But there was a bill that tried to get pushed through a while ago where if you ran a beer and wine license for like five years or something like that, I, I can't remember the exact details of the bill, but uh, one of the longtime bartenders in town was telling me about this. There was a bill that had got proposed. If you ran a beer and wine license, which anyone can get. There's no restrictions on those without any infractions with the state for X amount of years. It gave you the automatic option to upgrade that into a liquor license. And most of the big bars in town rallied against that and got that shit shut down. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the reform we need. Not changing up the secondary market. I, if you leave the secondary market in place, but say you run a beer license for five years without any infractions, and we'll we'll let you buy a liquor license, doesn't matter the quota. Uh, guess what? The secondary market's gonna cool off. You're, I mean, yeah, you're able to you're you're able to run a bar or something. For a little, your you know a uh, uh, and then pivot and then carry liquor in a bit and it does that would be a good one because it would because le- it would prevent um I, I mean a lot of what a lot of the the practice that I understand is happening where you'll have somebody come in spend a lot of money for a liquor license season it as you called it you know run a bar for six mm-hmm. months just long enough to be able to sell it to the next person. And essentially just it's a year or 18 months they have to do it. But, but yeah, but the answer is you got somebody coming in, buying a liquor license, um, 
you know, waiting till it's waiting till you can sell it and then flipping it essentially. Um, I mean, if you buy it for a hundred grand, you run a business and lose 20 grand for a year and then you sell it for 300 grand. Yeah. That's a smart business move. Well, and also, I mean, there's it now the only, my only problem with this is like, like this bill, I, it, it might help the, uh, the wait time in the lottery system, but I don't think it, it's gonna, it doesn't fix it. It doesn't fix it because now you're just sort of waiting for somebody. You know, you're, you, the, some more liquor licenses will come on, but you're still probably looking at as long a wait. The good news is that I think it does slightly benefit people who don't have a billion dollars to start a business, uh, to start a bar because. I mean, assuming you uh, uh, get granted a liquor license, which is a, you know, a, or get on that lottery, which is a big if at the moment, it's costs you a thousand, not 300,000. Uh, on on the flip side of that I, argument, though, it basically eliminates the leasing of liquor licenses. And so. If a bartender working for, let's say, Ted Challenger, because he was the big proponent in this, you know, works out a deal with him. Hey, I'll lease you that liquor license for five years. At the end of the five years, you can buy it from me for a hundred grand. Yeah. Uh, and after year two, they shut down that bar. Well, now Ted Challenger just lost a liquor license. Right. So he's not going to be willing to lease it out to employees looking to branch out. So it basically makes it corporations will be the only ones getting it on the secondary market. If this goes through, everyone else will be waiting in line. And the big but, thing that, but that doesn't really legislator was talking about is direct. We don't want speculators coming in. Yeah, and there's buying that. it, or we don't want corporations just being able to cut the line. And I was like, you guys did nothing to stop the, the second of one. line. Yeah, and yeah, um, no, there's especially especially if anybody can sell their liquor license once, then that does nothing to to uh, uh, eliminate the ability for any corporation to come in and go. Okay, yeah, a million dollars, we've got that somewhere. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean, you know, see also every Albertsons that put a bar in. Uh, mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't know about the, uh, the, the, the previous one. That would have been, I mean, uh, you know, the, the option to just buy a liquor license after five years of running a bar, that seems optimal. But um, And like I said, I can't remember how many years it was, but, but it was, I, it was something like that. Like put, give, give someone... That so it allows them to start at a smaller scale, work their way up, and then if they've successfully ran it, they can uh, adapt it and make more money instead of having to just wait, wait. Because also, once that license is issued in Idaho, it's like 90 days or six months, you have to have it in use in a spot. So if you are trying to open a bar and want to serve liquor, Jeremy, and you're sitting on that license, and they draw your name next week and say, you have been awarded an Idaho State liquor license for the city of Boise. 
the clock starts now to have a building and have a have it within use where you are selling liquor within 90 days. That's fast. <laughs> Although it does explain cool. some of the it does explain some of the bar openings I've been to. <laughs> yes. So I'm like that yeah, I get you don't want them to just hold off, hold off, hold off and never open and then you now have to resell it again. But also you're you're you basically created this system because the state of Idaho law says you have to try to encourage temperance wherever you can. Uh, you've created this system that only really works for corporations. I mean, there and there is the whole part about. I mean, there therein therein lies the great stupidity of this. Why are you eliminating liquor license in the first place? Well, we don't want people to go get drunk. Well, they're still gonna do that. They're just doing it at the place where the rich people are. Or the, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you, you've not... They're just pre- making a handful of people rich. Yeah, which is, oh, you got your, that's exactly what you were actually going for. So um, I, I kind of want to move on. We've already spent <laughs> almost half the show on this alone. But, uh, um, yes. but uh, uh, it's, it was stupid and it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> yes. Tyler. It was a big thing, so... <laughs> What do you got next for us? Well, if you're a Montucky Cold fan and I you am. ever thought I I want my face on a beer can, I do not. Do I have the deal for you? Uh, they are running. Nobody, a, nobody wants a, to have a beer with this uh, on it. This, this is <laughs> because because running. you're looking like I hope this makes me sexier. Oh dear God, what is that on the can? Am I gonna look like this after drinking the beer? Back uh, on the shelf. They are running a new mascot challenge contest um, where people can submit to become the brewery's mascot, which will put their face on hundreds of thousands <laughs> of Montucky cans, a NASCAR truck, <laughs> mouse pads, coffee cups, and a billboard quote somewhere in America. Uh, <laughs> that's very that that is a that is a, a suspiciously general statement somewhere in America. <laughs> yes, so I can I can put a, a picture of you somewhere in America. I can put a billboard of you somewhere in America, and if you give me a thousand dollars, I promise I will put a billboard of you somewhere in America. That is a that that is an uh, it's all beer promise. <laughs> So, as of March 22nd, they opened this competition. Uh, You basically, the only rules and parameters is you have to create a 30-second video showing or telling Montucky why you should be their first ever official mascot. Worst case scenario, you get 30 seconds of fame on their social media for their better luck next time efforts. Uh, Best case scenario... You win this following prize packet. Uh, appointed the official mascot uh, and emissary to the sovereign nation of the Republic of Molicia. Face on cans, your face on the NASCAR truck for one race. A trip to the NASCAR truck race where your face will be on said truck. Uh, your face on a Montucky Cold Snack billboard somewhere in America. 
Your name on the Montucky Cold Snacks Adopt a Highway in Montana. Uh, throw out the opening pitch at a Reno Aces minor league baseball game. Uh, liquor store can signing tour. Randomly found used mixtape. Uh, <laughs> sample. <laughs> sample fifty fried foods at state at a state fair in one day. <laughs> a year's worth of snacks. I'm assuming Montucky cold snacks. Um, your face on a mouse pad and a your face on a coffee cup. Tyler, you do realize this is you. No, <laughs> you got to do, do it. I don't need my face out that much. T- t- Tyler, listen to me. This is your calling, okay? We're talking about we're talking about a cheap domestic beer. You are the face of of you are the face of shitty beer. Let's. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. You are the face of shitty beer. You have, and you've made no no secret of this. <laughs> this is, and and I'm not saying Montucky cold snack is shitty beer, but in some cases, yes, it is. And since we can't get your, and since we probably can't get your face on a on a can of Keystone Light, this is, I think, what you have to do. And also. Your face would look not only strangely good, but natural on a NASCAR truck. <laughs> Tyler, you do realize you have to do this, right? Uh, the, the thing I'm thinking, I don't think this might be a conflict of interest if I try to do this with my current job at a brewery. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> I'd rather have the paycheck so I can keep paying my mortgage than have my face on a NASCAR truck. I want, I want, I want to have that recording of you just saying that right now. I want to take it and I want to give it to 18 year old Tyler. And I want to say, who the fuck is that old piece of shit? No, 18 year old Tyler would have been like, you're selling beer already. Fuck. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I never wanted to be in the limelight. I'm so That's where you get the problems. That's where you get the problems. You want to be just outside the limelight. <laughs> that was kind of your like when we were we were, when we we were uh well, uh we, we had our weird idea to open a brothel slash brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Although you are yeah. weirdly the face of that as kind of the sleazy lawyer. <laughs> Which, that one I'm like, probably would have been making enough money. I would have taken the limelight to have that portion of the sales. Yeah, but because I said I wasn't get, I wasn't being the face and the scapegoat for anything less than a couple mil. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if that prize package is worth a couple mil, but nope, it's not. Okay. Well, I suppose since uh, uh, it's like serious, serious uh, 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 concerns, like um, I want to keep my job or on the line. I suppose that's fair. It, it is a loss to not only Montucky but this podcast because that really, I think you're, I think you're passing up. Maybe the greatest opportunity of your life. I don't know. Uh, you know, if it's meant to be, there'll be another shot. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, what have we got next? Uh, 
the the BA is still uh, uh, crunching the numbers from 2022, but uh, judging from a reaction from Bart Watson, um, the Bruce's, uh, he's the economist from the Brewers Association, things aren't exactly going great in craft beer. I got this article from Vine Pear by Dave Infante. Um, uh, that at the New England Craft Beer Summit earlier this month, uh, Bart Watson uh, addressed the crowd saying, quote, don't denigrate where consumers are entering craft. I hear brewers sometimes say things like, oh, that lactose smoothie sour is not really a beer and go search out something else. Well, it's not, but this might seem like a kind of benign statement from anyone else. But think of it like this. When me or Tyler say the word motherfucker, it's barely worth noting because i mean it's not even close to the most offensive thing you will hear or probably have heard on this podcast so far uh-huh but when your dear sweet midwestern teetotaling christian grandmother screams motherfucker you pay fucking attention <laughs> yeah Bart Watson is very much a numbers nerd. I mean, he is he, he rarely speaks outside of, well, here's what the numbers say. Here's what, uh, you know, and here's what uh, uh, it, here's what the numbers say. And, uh, um, you know, you can take that as is as, as you will. When he starts lecturing people about the culture of craft beer, I think it's worth like sitting up for a second and going, OK, I'm listening. Um <laughs> I'm not a fan of beer snobbery. Um, it's a statement that might surprise you uh, and, and other regular listeners to this podcast because saying I hate beer snobbery is a bit like hearing Bob Ross saying how much he hates happy little trees. But <laughs> I no, seriously, I don't think it's all that helpful. And uh, uh, and it does turn people away. But, you know. Uh, as some of my uh, comments uh, 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 on this podcast have uh, uh, indicated, I'm sort of sympathetic to like where that line is. So I want to try something here. I want to have a I want to have a debate on this. But the problem is, like, I think you and I are probably very much of the same vein um, uh, when it comes to like our opinion on on how this goes. Um, so I want to try something. This might be stupid, but I have here. Uh, uh, I have a prediction. This is a sealed envelope. You see this, Tyler? Turn it the other way, too. It's just so a, I can verify it's sealed. It's just okay. a sealed envelope. All right. I'm going to put it over here. Hold on one second. Right there. He near said the... it across the room where he could not reach it without me calling it out. So I mean, and this is just to this is just to uh, 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 avoid any idea that I, I I threw a dart and then painted a target around it later, um, um, and the point of and 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 this and uh, uh, and the point of this is because what's going to happen next is I'm going to take a position right now. Um, it's not I want to I want to make this very very clear. This is not a position I personally agree with. Um, I want to try a, a thought experiment. Um, this is not a position I personally agree with, but it is one I am going to take for the purposes of this debate. Uh, uh, Tyler, you can. Uh, I'll, uh, okay, is written down your personal opinion? No, my no. I will. We'll discuss what my personal opinion is. Um, what's written down is 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 basically at some point in time, if I if if conditions are if the conditions that I think might be met are met, I will stop the debate. I will go open the envelope. 
Okay. All right. And so here's the position Let's I'm. Fire up. Here's the position I'm going to take for the purposes of this debate. Um, lactose, smoothie, sour, hazy, you know, lacto hazy IPAs are not real fucking beer. You should stop fucking with beer like this. And by the way, if you are if if you are a brewery uh, producing, especially like these slushy sours, lactose sours. You are not producing real beer, real beer. You are in fact destroying craft beer. If you are producing like these, like overly flavored dessert stouts, you are also destroying craft beer. And if you are patronizing any of these places, you are destroying craft beer. And so, if you okay. if you care about the craft, about this industry, and about uh, uh, and you know about the culture involved in it. You need not. You cannot just reject it out of hand. You must fight against it. Okay. And Tyler's like, and I'm on board. What's your point? <laughs> no, actually, I am not. Okay. Well, that, then, and your rebuttal, sir. So my rebuttal would be. Let me say, I'm not a huge fan of fucking packing it full of more fruit juice than fruit juice uh but and packing it full of so much lactose you have to fucking take insulin to finish the pint but the nice part craft beer is always taking the approach where we are here to serve the flavor you want to drink so in the ethos of craft beer it is a diversity of flavors and styles so if you remove pastry stouts, slushy smoothies, you're removing part of the ethos. So if people are there wanting to drink that and enjoy that, why I may not be a fan of it, good on you. That is still making beer. Because if you say you can't add this and this and this to beer, I mean, at what point are we just going back to the German purity laws, which... Half the fucking craft beers that made craft beer in this country what it is wouldn't fucking follow in that suit. So, I mean, fuck, I'm drinking a coffee beer for goddamn. Like, <laughs> if we take out adjuncts, at what point do we have to stop taking out adjuncts for it to be considered beer again? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to address now, there, but I want to start. I want to. I want to hit that point right there. Okay, there is all. There is already guidelines for this all right um you know we can go we can the bjcp style guidelines are pretty clear you know uh, there's i've got nothing wrong with flavored beers adjunct, hold on i got nothing BJCP wrong with cp i got nothing wrong with does, adjunct uh, adjunct flavor or flavored beard but the beer needs to be present and the reason is the other thing you're hitting upon is is that if you're drinking a super slushy lactose sour, you probably don't actually like the taste of beer. And why in the hell are we trying to get you in the market in the first place? Like, why in the hell are we are we uh, making beer that does not even fucking taste like beer for people who don't even who it's you're marketing to people who do not like your product? Well, on the flip side, <laughs> fun, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, so, on the flip side, why do breweries serve fucking wine or cider? Because at the end of the day, we're all good capitalist whores, 
and you want to make money so your business can survive and you can employ more people in your community. So, if this does, that is all that fucking matters. Also, the BJCP guidelines, and you've said it on this podcast before, are notoriously slow at adding new styles. They do not keep up near as fast as the taste preferences in this country evolve. But I would counter with... Uh, I would counter at this point in time with, you know what? We need to pump the brakes on some of this shit. Cause if we just, if we just devolve all the tradition history and dare I say craft of this industry uh, uh, into whatever people want, you're basically denigrating you know, what, what's uh, been created. So if you're just a slave to whatever tastes that happen to pop up at any given time, what are you actually standing for? This you is... also don't have to be a slave to that. If you choose not to make a smoothie style or a pastry style, that is your choice as a business owner. But on the flip side, if you want to be in an inclusive spot and you have customers requesting and asking for that, and you want to include more of the people coming through your doors, which we've talked about, the craft beer industry could use a little more inclusion. <laughs> You will then start adding those styles and, in return, seeing a better return on investment. But also, I'm, and also, I'm not against inclusion. The thing is, is that the industry should be for people sounds like you who like beer. It should be for people who like and enjoy beer. If you're not a fan of beer, why are we... What, this, is, this is, by nature, a, a, a niche product it is i think the germans would have said only a certain type of person likes beer so that's what it sounds like you're saying and right scene get the, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go get the envelope <laughs> oh yes when i kept pushing and you just didn't respond i was like okay there's gotta be all right not quite where I thought it would go, but I don't know if you can read this, but because it is in my chicken scratch, you'll see if I did my prediction. Uh, uh, was my prediction hey, correct? Drop it down a little. Jeremy will shut it down if Tyler sounds like a Fox News host or similar. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> the the point of this like uh, this like experiment I wanted to do because I'm like I, as I started thinking cuz I I got to it by the way this was very cathartic for me actually this was <laughs> cuz in my darker in my darker uh, uh some of my darker moments like got you know looking up at a beer menu going god damn it can someone just make a decent porter or a decent stout or something <laughs> where's a great pilsner yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 these, these thoughts, these thoughts enter my mind. It's tempered by the fact that all your points are, I mean, and, and that's why I think we're, we, that, that a debate without, without me doing this would have been largely boring because it'd be like, um, because it would have been kind of like, uh, listen, there's gotta be, you, you, you serve the market, you, you, you serve the market, you, you have to serve what the market wants at the end of the day, um, uh, uh, you know, you, you know that we are a business, 
and we provide what people want and that's you know dessert stouts and hazy ipas are where it goes that's so be it but as i'm like running through the, the like the debate points in my in my head i'm like jesus christ i'm starting to sound like a fox news anchor <laughs> well i was like i'm starting to like hit i'm like there's there's no more logical like counterpoints you can really make like it, it's it's a stalemate so i was like well Time to take the radical, you're a racist approach. <laughs> <laughs> was that close? Was I close enough? Was that prediction close enough? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I, uh, the, the point of this experiment, um, I also, I just want to stress, the views that I expressed on this are not mine, nor that of it's all beer. It was a, it, it was just a, if that is the hill you're dying on, realize what you're arguing. And mm -hmm. I think this is where we can land. Watson is right. Um, uh, and it's not so much, listen, if you're, if you want to make a brewery that specializes in slushy style, by the way, let, I also want to point out this little nugget. I put P Tyler in a position. As where he long was the, as they don't explode, I, I support you. <laughs> I put Tyler in a position where he was arguing for slushy beers and that was just icing. Uh, <laughs> did you witness like the pain on my face? I, mean, I like, did. I did. And it was, it was as sweet as, as honey. Um, being, just being like, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want, if, if that's what you specialize in, go for it. On the, on the other hand, you want to make a brewery that specializes in like classic styles and that's, and that's where you want to, to push your business, go for it. But I think the, but just don't be a self-righteous prick about it. Um, I mean, essentially don't be dicks to each other. It just isn't helpful. Um, I think two things can be true. I think you can, I think you can chase the market's desire for the strange, sweet, heavily flavored malt beverages that at some point in time, you're like, okay, like two of the three ingredients of beer are not even in this. Why, why are we yeah. even, <laughs> like, why are we even talking? You can still do that and still, you know, uh, you know, be adhering to, I guess what you would call the ideals of craft beer or whatever the fuck that is. I mean, um, uh, you know, I think the I think the kind of puritanical zealotry that uh, that you just heard me exhibit is just as stupid as dumping a truckload of Frankenberry cereal into a mash tun uh, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, but be nice to each other. And, and actually, I had one more uh, thing. I um, I was reading a book about religion and politics because I hate myself. Um, but they mentioned that the height of uh, American religiosity was about 1954 at the tippy tippy top of the Cold War. If craft mm. beer is our religion, and as many ways it kind of functions that way, the height at where we were united, where we forgave each other's indiscretions for some of our eh, fellow for some of the weirder things our fellow practitioners were doing, um, especially when they were doing so to appeal to non-beer drinkers, or at least uh, especially like. Uh, people, the, the lover of domestics. Um, mm -hmm. We did that. We forgave them because we were united in the face of a common enemy. Um, and that enemy, as if you heard the last episode, is kind of in retreat to song. Uh, <laughs> but, 
But without a common enemy, I can't help but wonder if the, there's some sort of beer schism is waiting for us. Uh, we're going to have the Puritans who only make and oh, drink yeah. BJCP styles and are, who are loud about that fact. Um, and uh, by the way, and also uh, only those that uh, uh, that were approved before 2021 that didn't include hazy IPA. Um, and there will be those that are making barely boozy fruit punch and do so while visibly urinating on the printed copy of the Reheitsgebot. Um, and then everything in between. <laughs> Neither of those streams is ideal. Although given the choice between the two extremes, give me the people dumping lactose sprinkles, sugar, cereal, donuts, and fucking unicorn jizz into a mash tun and see what comes out. Cause that, that seems like more fun. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you have unicorn jizz, um, I'm curious how that uh, presents in a beer. Uh, Tyler, what do you have next? Well, to honor spring or MLB's opening day today, uh, we there was an article by the Hop Culture that talked about the best three breweries basically by every major league ballpark. So I figured we'd cover a couple of these. Uh, there were a couple points I wanted to bring up. Uh, kind of the criteria they went over was proximity to the ballpark and their reputation for making gra- Great craft beer. So a little subjective, uh, especially since they said it wasn't necessarily in that order. In some of the bigger cities, they went with the closer option over the better beer option. In some of the smaller markets, they went with the better beer option, even if it was a little further. So to take you through a couple, uh, I'm going to take you through the Atlanta Braves, the Seattle Mariners, the Colorado Rockies in Denver, and then we'll go with, um, just to keep it kind of regional here, we're going to go with the San Francisco Giants. I was about to say that so, you are going to go to the Seattle Mariners, but okay. I said the Mariners already. Oh, you did? Well, that's pretty much so, regional already. We'll, so, I, I felt four was proper. Fair. Okay. Uh, so... The Atlanta Braves in Atlanta, Georgia. Reason I picked this, I got a friend that lives over there. Excited to go see. And there's a couple breweries I really love over there. Uh, so they broke it down with their first place was called a home run, second place called a triple, third place called a double. So basically the best hits you could get kind of broke down that. So the home run was Firemaker Brewing Company. It's a 12-minute drive from the Braves Stadium. And according to USA Today in 2021, they were the number two best brewery in America. Um, They are considered a must-stop in Atlanta and make a lot of their beers pretty down-to-earth. They've got a fourth down amber lager, Chattahoochee Tea Southeastern IPA. So it's a IPA meat sweet tea. Uh keep 12 taps on tap uh their triple which is one of my favorites in georgia uh i got my co-worker hooked on them at gabf when he was like wait you want to show me a brewery from georgia how good a beer can they actually make tries it and goes holy fuck this is great beer uh monday night brewing um very much a fan of the show yes (laughs) yes uh so they started off having basically a little Bible study. Uh, 
the three got to know each other and started brewing beers on Monday night uh, and then decided, let's open a beer or a brewery. And they opened a brewery in 2011 and it's taken off. And recently they were named one of the five best breweries in Atlanta and a top stop when spending 48 hours eating and drinking in Atlanta. Um, now the third place one really grabbed my attention. It's inner voice brewing. Uh, the founders used to work at Monday night as well as a couple of other breweries. Uh, but the thing that got me is in their tasting room, they have a self-service coal station. Like with a, like, like traditional German, like where they serve it in like little glasses, uh, yes, and, and it says right below that, is this German tradition becoming a trend? And I was like, I need to find out about this tradition, and I think it needs to be a trend. Because uh, Fuck uh, hazy IPA, self-service, Kolsch. Um, the, 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 the whole idea is that, um, I mean, it's self-service in small glasses because uh, uh, Kolsch is best cons- uh, served and consumed cold. So that way you are constantly drinking like this super cold, crisp Kolsch that's freshly poured. Mm-hmm. So, next we're going to the Seattle Mariners in Seattle, Washington. Uh, the home run was Here Today Brewing, about a seven-minute drive from the stadium. I had never heard of them, have you? Nope. Um, it was... Um, Named one of the best new breweries of 2022. Um, oh, I mean, that'd be why, because I haven't been to Seattle in probably five years. Uh, so, bright colors, neon lights, kooky designs, very a Pacific Northwest, Northwest meets Southwest food menu, and a lot of good beers. Uh, they got the Icarus Phase Grodziski, um, which, if you've ever had, like, a Grodzicki-style beer, it's a Polish style. Uh, almost every time I've ever heard about it, I've only tried one, and it's like a smoky hot dog water beer, kind of. <laughs> um, smoky hot... I've made a... I, I, famously, you were there, the, the, the hot dog water beer I made when you ruined, like, a... a, a, a uh, yep, 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 I know. A uh, Belgian quad that yeah. I was very proud of. So, uh, next up uh, was Holy Mountain. That one I'm familiar with. Yep. Uh, and Cloudburst Brewing came in at third place for that. Uh, for former production brewer at Aglash and Elysian, uh, they specialize in hazy IPAs and basically have came onto the scene recently and taken off. Uh, up next is going to be the Colorado Rockies, which uh, one of these we stopped at why my wholesale team was in Denver for GABF. Uh, the first place was westbound and down. Uh, it's a five-minute walk from the stadium. So, I mean... It's about as close as you can get for solid beer. Without being uh, in the stadium, I, yes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any of their beers, uh, but uh, I, they are kind of 
noted in the article for being known for their new cold IPA, New Light, with Waimea, Simcoe, Mosaic, and Cryo Columbus. And then the next one I actually went to. Uh, so my boss used to work in Denver um, and said when they first opened, the beer was not good. And he had heard great things, so we had to go there. And it was our mutual friend brewing company. Uh, which made phenomenal wild ales that we tried. Uh, we all ordered one. They were all phenomenal, except the one my boss ordered. He got the just terrible tasting one that tasted like uh, baby vomit and perfume. Uh, but the uh, the other two that we ordered uh, won a gold and a silver medal in different categories that weekend at GABF. Um and they are also next door to a phenomenal, probably best barbecue I've ever eaten in my life. Our mutual friend, um, or Pit Fiend is the barbecue spot, and the guy trained under Aaron Franklin. Best, I I ate some of that barbecue with a fucking spoon. It was that like soft melt in your mouth. Jesus. Um. Yeah, phenomenal. So. Uh, and then. Number three was Great Divide Brewing. Uh, I mean, I figured either them or Avery was going to be right there. It's a four-minute drive, a nine-minute walk. It's one of the OGs of Colorado craft beer. It was kind of destined to be there. Um, and then got to hop to the final one, which was the San Francisco Giants which where is <laughs> where the fuck are they on this list please please wait while uh, uh, Tyler tries to find uh, uh, that that part of the article mm-hmm. well I even have hyperlinks and I'm mm-hmm. fucking missing it mm-hmm. find the part in that article read it to us come on Tyler well fuck it we're sticking with the Bay Area and just okay. going to Oakland Athletics so. okay fair so, uh, home run was Drake's Brewing in San Leandro, um, which, been to this spot, fucking fantastic beers. Um, Drake's, that was the one I, he, that I, I, I'd never heard of. You're like, yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yes. I still haven't heard of The them. Flyway <laughs> Pills, Apocalypse, Hazy Double IPA, uh, a lot of, lot of hop forward beers, phenomenal uh, some wild ale, some barrel aged stuff they do as well. Uh, second place came in at 21st Amendment, which still kind of sad we don't really ever get them in town anymore. Uh, <laughs> Hell or high watermelon. I still get people uh, calling every summer to say, hey, you're going to get that beer in? I'm like, oh, oh, I wish I could. Oh, same. Uh, but yeah. And. Parker looks like too. Oakland doesn't get a. Looks like Oakland doesn't get a third place. <laughs> oh, sh- <laughs> that is that that sounds actually that actually that sounds like a, a proper way to end this. Like and Oakland, yes. Oh, Oakland, you, you'll get a third place. I'm sorry, Oakland. You're <laughs> you're you're the place where the poor people have to live, and uh, and that's 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 on you. Work harder, Oakland. Maybe you'll deserve. Uh, Even your fans don't want to show up, so why would we give you three full breweries? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything uh, else for us today? That is it for me. 
Uh, well, this has been It's All Beer. If you heard my uh, 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 purity law uh, beer rant uh, in the middle of this without context and want to send us an angry email, you can do so at it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all beer at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, uh, uh, Facegram, uh, uh, Facegram, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, look for uh, It's All Beer and soon to be on Facegram when, uh, uh, when um, they just to merge all the social media into into one like all you know one ring to rule them all uh the twitter facegram uh and we'll be on that at it's all beer except for on twitter we're at it's all beer one the guy i checked it into it you don't do anything with your uh, twitter account and nobody cares about twitter anymore just give us give us it's all at it's all beer for like a week um you know just long enough to give uh, uh, Musk eight bucks so I can impersonate, um, I don't know, maybe like uh, uh, Sam Cooke or something, or, um, or, uh, uh, <laughs> James Watt. Or James, oh, even better, yeah, so I can impersonate James Watt first. <laughs> just, just write these long, like, screeds about how, uh, about, like, love letters on roofs. <laughs> Uh, just roof, on it on roof, rooftop erotica that's <laughs> and you can find that coming soon uh, it's all beer one um, and if, uh, uh, if you like the podcast you can leave us a rating uh, on, uh, on Facebook on Instagram or Jesus Christ on Stitcher or, or iTunes or I don't know maybe even Instagram I don't give a crap I, uh, 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 look for us there um and uh, uh, that'll be uh, uh, quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. Have fun. Have fun.